0: And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language. One Eintracht Frank Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world, for that matter. But we're a little bit biased about both teams. I am your host, Brian and Casey. You can follow me on Twitter. That is it or X, that is also known as. And that is k- at KCSGE. Follow the show on that platform. That is at HEF Pod, Facebook.com/slash HEF Pod for all the latest Eintrack news and information in the English language. Of course, you can find us on Instagram. Hey Track Frankfurt. Drop us an email. Hey at gmail.com. And of course, our new staff's wizardry that can be found at Hipod. Dot com. Chris will talk us through a little bit about what's going on there. I have, yes, Chris, as you kind of hint, hinted there, Chris will be joining me. But it's not just Chris. It's both sides of the mitten that is Michigan. And um, it's the man the man with the plan. It is Garrett in Detroit. How goes it in Lions country?
1: Life is glorious, Brian. My analogy in life right now is much like the uh, gridiron hero
2: song. Forward, down the field.
0: All right. Well,
2: uh, I think you don't we should have Brian out. sing that. <laughs> that should be like his punishment.
0: The other sultry voice who is talking himself uh, out of a Super Bowl victory is Chris in Central Michigan. Buddy, you know what? The Detroit Auto Show is coming up. And things are happening in the state of Michigan, guys getting fired, so Super Bowl celebrations happening a tad early. What's going on?
2: Uh, you know, we never need a reason to drink around the Motor City. <laughs> so you got a strike coming, you got a lousy college team that's losing its mind. And, you know, i just got to keep doing whatever we can do. So if we have to beat the pants off your Chiefs and uh, give Michigan the upper hand for, you know, a couple months until we meet again in February. We do what we gotta do, right?
0: Well you know, if he doesn't drop a ball on the final drive, you know there the the W was there. If anyone is already tired of the NFL talk, I'll stop right now because neither of us wanna talk about our shitty shitty MLB teams who are in the same division if Anyone has forgotten, and hockey has not sure. started back up yet. Otherwise, you know, Chris and I will be. Hold doing- on,
2: Brian. Wait. Where's Matt? We need Matt's opinion on the NFL today.
1: Um, oh my God. Uh,
0: okay, for the poor New York Jets fans. We can sidetrack. Uh Matt. Take care of that voice, buddy. You need. Uh,
2: we're praying for you.
0: Yeah, we're praying for you, your voice, and your wallet. He because had an experience yesterday. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, totally sidetracked. Anyways, uh, so yeah, Eintracht Frankfurt. I mentioned two teams in my intro. And yes, uh, it's time to get to the Eintracht Frown. But Chris, well, talk us through what's going on at HEPpod.com and this standard uh, uh, wizardry that is now available...
2: So, Brian, you teased it. Uh, I've teased it on air for a few weeks now, and it is officially live. Uh, When when you listen to this podcast, I want you to pull over your car or close the door to your office. Whatever you got to do, pull up hefpod.com and look at the the menu. Find the statistics zone. Um, We have partnered with a fantastic company called Sport Monks, Uh, They're a sports data provider, specifically um, uh, the global football market is their forte. Uh, They are providing us with a fantastic scoring system. Uh, We, you know, we all have our own favorite source to go to for soccer information, whether it's ESPN or Google. Don't go there anymore. Go to halfpod.com, follow the live score tab. Uh, check out the next Eintracht match. And we filtered everything else out. You don't need to filter through the the Premier League. And Garrett, sorry, we left out uh, Palace and all those hooligans up there. We don't need that nonsense. Uh, we filtered it down to the Bundesliga, Bundesliga 2, the Pokal, uh, the Frauen around there, and the Frauen um, Pokal as well. Uh all the live scores that you could uh, ever want. The Frankfurt matches, the other matches within the league in calendar form. Uh, we've got statistics coming online now. We've got a live table uh, that updates in real time. All the match center information you expect. And track stats, uh, where you can find something severely disappointing. Like on the men's side, we have two goals on our roster at the moment. Um I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But, yeah, uh, whether you play fantasy or a predictor league like a lot of us are doing, um, you know, you can get your information from anywhere. But why not get it from your favorite podcast, uh, the only English podcast covering Eintracht Frankfurt? And, Brian, Mm. I've teased this for a while. I've been working on it for a while. I know this is something we're passionate about, about making this a everyday podcast Mm -hmm. experience. And I think this is another step in that process.
0: Yeah. I think this is allowing our fellow fans who've been sticking out with us for so long. This gives them the opportunity to follow their team in a way that they never have been able to do before. So, uh, Yep, that's kind of the fun stuff that we have been teasing for a while and we're bringing it to you guys because we love you. We love this club. We love this club to, f- to follow this team through all of the ups and the downs and uh, right now, for the Frauen, the ups are coming. So, guys, uh, Eintracht hosting a little mini tournament uh, against a Czech team. I will not try and pronounce because I'm going to butcher it and uh, the winner of a Kazakh team versus Juventus. Uh, the third, I think they finished third place and the, the Italian league in 22 23. Eintracht went through comfortably in their first match of the season, uh, playing in the Champions League qualifiers. And then we got to the fun part Eintracht versus Juventus. This game being played at the Vod Stadion. Uh, I'll give some credence to the fact that, hey, they had a pretty bumper crowd of nearly 4,000 show up at the regular uh, match-in, match-out uh, uh, location at the Stadion. Brent An- Anabad, you know, had a good amount of folks who showed up for that one. Uh, I best that is going to be used real quick in a Turnaround, but Eintracht went to the big stadium, had over six thousand folks in attendance. I think they could have promoted this a little better, but hey, you know what? Now we know that the Eintracht has moved on. Uh, had a Lozjanacar sixty-sixth goal minute goal to equalize. All the goals were scored in the second half of regular time. They had subsequently two fifty-minute Halves of extra time could not be uh, figured out at that point, and then they went to penalty kicks where Eintracht came away uh, the winners uh, with uh, just honestly, it was a great save uh, for that final PK. You know, there, Johan, uh, Johannes, uh, had some help with the fact that you know, not all of the saves. Uh, of the three saves for Juventus were all done by her, but hey, she saved the one that mattered the most, and the Eintracht is now into the next round of the Champions League qualification, and we'll wait and see who that is. Just chef's kiss to the you you ladies. Mwah.
2: Yeah, it, Brian, I think what's interesting, um, I know we're I mean, I kind of gloss over the first match because I was disappointed with 1-0. I thought it was not great, not well played. I thought we looked nervous. Uh, props to the fans for showing up there. But the Juve match, like you said, I thought it could have been better promoted. Um, I don't know what tickets were selling for. I'm a little disappointed in the turnout. But the 6,000 or so that were there made some damn noise. Uh, on the TV, it came across nice and loud. Um the, the women came out, too. They came out and played well. It was kind of back and forth in the first half. Uh, the second half is where things really heated up. I mean, two or three cro- crossbars. That Barbara Dunst shot off the crossbar, I think that net is still rattling right now. Uh, that was one of the most square shots off the post I've ever seen at any level, anywhere. Uh, just missed by a fraction. It was still rising. It was on the bottom side of that bar. Um mm-hmm. That one was frustrating and you thought, man here we go again this is like Ajax last year all over again uh, but they fought uh, Nicole Anyomi got hurt earlier in the match and you know someone I think it was Nathan brought up I don't know if she can come back. it was a pretty tough hit knock and then uh, her involvement in that goal anytime a defender is running back towards their own goal and Anyomi is on on their ass I, there's no chance They're, that defender's done. Uh, she's too quick. She's too crafty. And she made that perfect uh, crossing pass for the finish by Prashnakar. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and then in the shootout, you know, back and forth the rest of the way. But the shootout, the one that stuck out for me, uh, Stina Johannes, really grew up a lot in that match. Um, the adversity going down, coming back and having to stand there and face a, a pretty experienced Juventus team. I mean, they've won five Italian championships, I think. They, they're experienced in Champions League. And then to stand in there and make some big saves. Um, it helps when when our girls were putting the ball in the goal, too. That's extremely helpful. That last shot, uh, Paulina Nystrom for Juventus, the save. Didn't that look a lot like the Rangers one? Uh, I forgot who the guy was that took it. That just played a terrible ball that Trap saved in the final. Yeah. 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 I think that was it. The softball to the left that just had no power behind it right off the foot. And you just kind of had the feeling as long as she didn't um, overshoot that ball, trying to, to dive too far to the post that she was going to have a chance at it. And the, I think there were a lot of, um, a lot of ghosts that just were kind of put to rest there. A lot of demons that you know divas that were put in a closet for another week and we'll see if you know they can stay there for a little longer because and now that they're all wearing the same kit (laughs) is sometimes you kind of worry about what might leak over in the brand from one side of the building to the other Uh, but the women took care of business they made up for what happened last year and now we get a draw here coming up later in the week to see who they play in the next round i'm really excited by it
0: yeah and i'll point out uh The first match, Eintracht's 1-0 victory, uh, where just under 3,000 fans showed up. That was the third most attended uh, match of all the uh, playoff round matches. And our match, uh, defeating Juventus, was the second most. Uh, The most was uh, in uh, Sweden, where there was uh, an English team versus a Swedish team where 7,800 fans showed up. So... Uh, Eintracht showing out in full force um, Looking at who is possibly Possibly next So we're on the league path side And we uh, Based on uh, our kind of Coefficient I think, We're on the unseated side So the teams who we could face Are Paris Saint-Germain Real Madrid Sparta Prague and BK Hakken. we cannot get Wolfsburg because we're from the same country.
2: Uh, Good, they're not the one we want either.
0: <laughs> no, but Paris Saint Germain has been constantly giving uh, a high-end performer uh, from France. Real Madrid has of late been a very high. Well, has really started investing in its women's team. Now they're they're nowhere near where uh, Barcelona ladies are, but they did make the uh, group stage uh, each of the last two tournaments with uh, of the current format, where you have uh, group stage and then quarterfinals and beyond. Um, so Real Madrid is no uh, slouch for the Eintracht to possibly reach. Um, I honestly, if the Eintracht does get... Uh, Real Madrid, and there's a tiny bit. I mean, that does want to face them, is because Linda Caicedo, who scored that amazing goal versus Germany in the Women's World Cup, I'd be okay with watching her on the other side of the ball because she's just a fantastic player. But you know, we can't exactly pick the teams out ourselves. That draw will actually be taking place on the fifteenth of September, so later this week. Honestly, if uh, we can avoid the Spanish or the French side, ho, guys, we're looking very smart for qualification to the group phase. And then it's kind of a, hey, you know what? Every team in here is a bonafide A-list team. And it's just going to be like nails trying to get through to the quarterfinals, which I think deep down the ladies have got. Uh, that grit to be able to get them there is just a question of everything being put together and making it all happen.
1: And I yeah. think also too, you know, we'll, it's I, a, oh. no, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, I think we were talking about in the first game, because the ma- the match that I really saw this weekend was the match against uh, FSA Slovako on uh, Wednesday is we had one goal, but we were creating the chances very well. I didn't get a chance to really watch the match against Juventus, but mm-hmm. if you look at how we, how our road and not making champions league last season ended up, we've already dealt with adversity already coming from behind against as Chris, you mentioned a very solid Juventus side coming through on pens for the, for the team. And I think they have the minds, if they can get through that and they've already had the small adversity on that, regardless of the draw, you know, I mean, PSJ and Real Madrid is obviously like two, two big names that to, if you beat them, it's fantastic on there. And maybe we want Sparta or Becky but I think you can tell this team's believing each other. And if Laura Prajnikar is on the field wearing a Frankfurt shirt, anything's possible.
2: Agreed. Yeah, it's that. There's a little bit of concern. Um, Brian, we don't have any info on where this next round would be played, do we? Nope. Is that-
0: no, that's all going to be decided
2: on okay. Friday.
0: We'll find out who and then times and everything. As for where the I, the Frankfurt match would be played, that has been confirmed that it will be at the Vogue Stadion. So with that if sort of out. a lead... Uh, <laughs> there's plenty of time for uh, folks to find <coughs> find themselves tickets i'm kind of hoping that we can get 20 30,000 fans like <laughs> open up the entire i know
2: like, it, you the know
0: ultras end
2: it, it's been it's been mentioned to us before that the game in women's sports in general is just different in Europe than the way that we take it here in the United States, it's not as serious at professional levels and it doesn't draw the amount of fans. But I mean, these women are working their ass off. They're doing a lot of things and the quality of talent on this Frankfurt side, the international talent that is here is as good as anywhere else. A lot of it's young, a lot of it's still developing. um, But it's something we've talked about for two years or three years now since the merger. Uh, Once they hit, you're gonna know, and I think we're starting to see that. You saw the the quality and the experience finally come out against um, Juventus, and that's something to take forward. Uh, if you're playing a Real Madrid or a PSG, uh, whose you know women's side has made waves, um, that's certainly something that you want to back. You want to say you were there when this team hit their stride, and you know if we can. Put 6,000 in there with very little attention going to it. Let's shoot for 15, 20, 25. Let's force them to open the the upper ring of the stadium. I mean, for God's sakes, it's the crest on the shirt. It's not the name on the back that you should care about. It's the crest on the front. And if you love that crest, you should be at the stadium for anything that says Champions League on the sheet. Damn it, I'm fired up. Let's go, Brian. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm... Yeah, I'm really loving your positivity here, Desta. Just, uh, just saying. So, uh, there's... The ladies are really getting right to it. So, this past weekend was the... Uh, Dave pokal frauen zweiter round So... Uh, all the Bundesliga clubs and uh, the top four clubs from the Zweite Liga from the previous season, 22 23, uh, received buys into the second round. Eintracht was drawn against Hagawa he- 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 F. Wau, and that's being played in the. In, uh, Uh, Sinjin in Badavutteberg. So, at the time that this is uh, that you are probably listening to this the match will have already happened. Uh, Here's hoping that Eintracht will have uh, confirmed their place into the round of 16. (laughs) Everyone, honestly there was not really any shock. Um, There wasn't really uh, only, well of, of note of note, there were 20,000 fans who showed up at the Millen Tour in uh, St. Pauli because they had a Hamburg derby. So, 20,000 fans showed up there. Good on that. By a long margin, the best attended uh, match of the round. But the only other uh, notable thing that happened was that uh, Carl yeah, uh, Cal- Yes Yena. Uh, who are, you know, in the uh, Zweite Liga uh, after their relegation the season before last, uh, was able to defeat newly promoted side FC Nürnberg. So, honestly, don't really have any proper upsets to talk about other than that. So, uh, all the big fish still left in it. So, you got Hoffenheim, Wolfsburg, Bayern, uh, Leverkusen, and... uh, of course, newly promoted side Leipzig, along with Bremen, Duisburg, Essen, Freiburg. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, who knows? Maybe the Eintracht Frauen can get either Mainz or uh, Schaefer Offenbach in the next round. That'd be nice.
2: You know, that's one of those things where where we where I was just bitching about. Attendance and showing up. Uh, If you know nothing about the women's game, if you recognize some of those local names that fire you up on the men's side, take that, utilize that, bring that hatred over to the women's side and show up and make your voice heard.
0: Now, honestly, if Eintracht was... if uh, Should Eintracht win on the 13th in their away match uh, and then get drawn with Kickers Offenbach? I do definitely believe... Now, I, I think uh, Kickers would... I think that they would be the host of the, of the match. Well, let me check here. Yeah, since they are uh, still a Reginald Liga side, uh, despite the fact that... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so since they are a Liga side, they would get to host the Eintracht. Without a shadow of a doubt, you could easily... I mean, I forget what the hell that name of their stadium is. Uh, and Offenbach, it's not important because it, uh, <laughs> it is that club. But if they played it at the men's side, which they didn't play their Pokal uh, match, matches so far uh, at that stadium, I'm pretty sure that they would be able to get, what, 10000 15000 to show up for that? That would get the juices flowing for a lot of Eintracht fans uh, who don't normally support the ladies. side. So here's hoping that we get the draw that we want that creates the uh, sort of uh, fervor for the team. Um, the uh, Let's let's not talk about anything more about the Round 16, minus it will take place at the end of November. So a long ways off should the Eintracht proceed. But not only do they have uh, uh, English Volka mid Falk uh, match, but they also have the start of the Bundesliga season and that is Eintracht versus Essen and on Sunday final match of the weekend. Um, honestly I'm looking at this and thinking, well, we know Essen they're that they one of the few uh, clubs that ca- that don't operate with uh, a men's side that's, you know, in the Erste Bundesliga or Zweite Liga uh, that's currently sitting in the Frauen Bundesliga. Poor poxdam has been relegated and now is on the cusp of bankruptcy. So, yikes. Uh, it's kind of nut- nuts how things honestly have changed in such a short time span, but. I'm looking forward to this season with much fervor. I think that the victory over Juventus and penalty kicks, that just kicked it off for me. Yeah, we've got a couple of ladies who left us, uh, two uh, ladies who would have been fitted in right into our starting 11 and a couple of players that come off the bench. But uh, Pia Sophie Vota, I thought, was has been so far uh, from the two matches. I thought hurt that she... Is a wonderful addition, but outside of her, it's the same faces that we have for the previous season. So I've got, you've got a good base, Chris, in terms of what to expect for the season. The question is I think honestly everything hinges on uh, the European matches and what goes on from there. Uh, suffice to say that, uh, in my opinion, that the Eintracht is basically gonna want to aim for another top three finish and cut and put as much as they can into devoting towards those european matches uh to just allow themselves to develop because as we have seen with the other club who has gone this route well, since the expansion to three teams into the champions league uh the only team who's been involved in this has been Hoffenheim, and they took a step back. And I think that Eintracht is in a position to push forward, whilst not being so uh, totally devoted to the European matches that they lose sight in terms of their bread and butter week in, week out matches in the Frauen Bundesliga.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a, a it's an opportunity. Uh, advancing in the Champions League to the next round, which we have to wait a month to play. Uh, But it's what we've been dealing with on the men's side in recent years, balancing three different competitions from a roster perspective, from an emotions perspective. Uh, The idea that you're on such a high from the Champions League victory over Juventus, and now you're going to go play a team in SKSS and who we took care of pretty well for the last couple of years. Um, are you going to get up for that? Or are you going to, you know, just kind of go through the motions and maybe get caught off guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the development over the last couple of years of this roster and now they're experienced, but they're not exactly experienced in balancing those high game emotions. Um, we've seen it in matches against Wolfsburg um, and Bayern where, You know, we come out and give everything but fall just barely short, sometimes in an emotional way, and then it lingers for a week. Uh, But, you know, the the fact of the matter is that last year we finished third in the table with 54 points, safely third. Uh, We were third by, I think, six points. Um, But to give you an idea of how perfect we have to be to compete in the league, uh, Wolfsburg finished second. They had zero draws and three losses on the year. Uh, Bayern who won the title had two draws and one loss. So you have to be damn near perfect if you want even a sniff at the title. So that has to be the priority. I still think the league is the priority. Uh, Second place finish would be great. An outside chance at first. I don't think we added enough um, to make a run at the title this year. I like Volter. I think she kind of reminds me of a, a Philip Kostic box to box type, um, a, a wicked cross when she wants to. Uh, the thing that worries me is on the ground, she doesn't have that precision that uh, Fire Singer had,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: that's some that's a player we're definitely going to miss. Uh, Newskin is another one who is a rock solid um, defensive type player that I don't know if we made the the moves to really fill in for those losses. Uh, But the experiences these younger players have had in the early season champions league competition, hopefully they can take that forward and be competitive and go into matches against the mid table teams that gave us so much trouble the last couple of years. Um, I mean, Leverkusen, Hoffenheim, Freiburg, those are three well-known names Um, on the women's side. They're just pests. They pull They pull some really weird stuff that just works and steals points and matches you thought you had in hand. So those are the ones that we have to put away. Uh, A loss to Bayern, a loss to Wolfsburg that have happened in the past, those are going to happen. Where we can't be dropping points is the Bremens, the Colognes, the Duisburgs. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing this year is how we take that next step from Champions League qualifier to managing playing deeper into the Champions League and also sustaining a high level play in the Bundesliga, the Google Pixel Bundesliga as it is this year.
0: oh uh, yes. I keep on having to remind myself that name change. Not that, that anyone goes. cares. I mean, yeah, we're still stuck in that still weird position of not being able to kind of enjoy the watching the Eintracht on a week in, week out. We'll. We'll get there, I'm sure. But uh, you know what? In the meantime, we'll enjoy what we do have, and so far, it's been good. Chris, what are your? Pr- so Aria made a prediction for uh, myself for top three, and you've kind of laid out what your thoughts. Garrett, where will the ladies finish this season in the Frauen Bundesliga?
1: I feel good about finishing top three. Um, something that'll be very we have Essen to open up, but then the next Wolfsburg at home, AirB uh, at home, Bayern away, Duisburg, Bremen, Leverkusen, Nuremberg, Hoffenheim, Freiburg. <clears throat> Those are your first ten. So you need to, Chris. You mentioned Wolfsburg and Bayern were near perfect. If we want the title, we have to do that. Maybe even be better than that. Like no off days. I feel good about finishing third, especially like, especially how I think this beating Juventus, the way that they did come from behind, I think is a good motivator. Let's see who they draw um, for the next round of Champions League. Um, and I think this could be something that can motivate that squad. Um, I think they're a team that I think will play for each other. And I think if they're motivated enough to do that, we could be seeing even better things than what we did last year.
0: Exactly. Uh, Chris, you did mention uh, some exits. It's now time, as we've kind of covered the frown, and I think covered the frown very well, it is time to talk about the uh, transfer deadline day exit. Uh, The last episode was uh, just talking about Eintracht vs. Kuhn and uh, everything else that uh, was going on with the Bundesliga cards, with Jake, or I should say 50-plus donor. But this is an Eintracht podcast. And the move of Randall Kodomolani, honestly, uh, we, I think it was said and said correctly that when you're offered that asinine amount of money, well, it feels asinine, but to the biggest guys, it's kind of just a little higher of a fee than what they would like to, sh- to uh, send out. That sort of a fee that we got for Randall Kodomolani it alone is covering, you know, any operating loss that we had last season. All the moves that we've made so far this season. And that's not even uh, taking in the fact that, like, you know, Lindstrom also moved on for a nice fee as well. Um, what are you guys' thoughts? And I'll let you, Chris, take the first whack at this. Ronald Moani leaving the Eintracht Um Thoughts on him leaving and uh, where we move from here? Because I think we're in a position where, okay, it happened so late in the window. Now the coach has got to work with much less than what they would pref- have preferred. And I think we're still, with the draw that we got in the Europa Conference League, I think we're in a unique position where we can focus on the Saturday-Sunday matches of the Bundesliga. And work our way around losing this player, but I'll let I'll let you kind of take it from here.
2: So, I was in the Matt camp where I I don't know if I was convinced he was going to stay, uh-huh. um, but I was hoping he was going to stay because I didn't think his value would drop, uh, even with an average first half of the season. I thought for the winter transfer window, his value would be about the same. And maybe you'd find somebody desperate uh, who would pay more. Uh, but the decision was made to move him. Um, and before we get into the psychology of of his attitude uh, in that period of time, I think it was the right thing to do financially. Um, Krosha showed the ability to play hardball and still get the fair deal for the club. Uh, anyone that had questions, if he... Was the right guy if he could play a tough game, he bargained as good as anyone could with the cards that he had to play, and I thought he was outstanding. Um, he was willing to hold on to him, and he was willing. I truly believe uh, when Kolomwani started to show his true colors and just be a total ass clown in the final few days of the window, speaking out against the club and saying he'd never wear the shirt again and this and that. Well, good. We don't want you to wear the shirt, and you would not be welcome back at that point. Um, for me, uh, you know that showing his true colors was everything I needed to know that that Crocher made the right decision and getting as much as he could and maximizing the opportunity, taking it right down to the deadline. Um, it does leave a little bit of a hole. I kind of teased earlier on Halfpod.com. I'm looking at it right now. We have two goals. On our roster at the moment uh one of them that just came in that match against cologne so um you know it's not a great spot to be in at the moment but it is what it is Uh, for the moment we are cash rich and in a good position financially where we can focus on football now for a few months and who knows depending on the position we're in in december uh, we might be in a position to spend some money on some presents at christmas and make a real run at things in the Rook run.
0: Ooh, I like where you're going with that. Garrett, can you follow and uh, top that?
1: When you have the opportunity to, I believe we made, what, 130 million euros and potentially more on just two players, in Cole Mawani and in Jesper Lindstrom, it's fantastic. The Lindstrom circumstance, I think we had a little bit of time. We knew we were going to have some similar attacking players coming in with Marmush and Gankam. The Milani situation is painful that it was so late because even Krolch has admitted had he was had he knew about this situation, Rafael Borrell would still pro- t- probably be a Frankfurt player as of today and not, you know, go into there to Bremen loan. Um but you know what? I applaud Crosha knew that a deal needed to be done. We kind of saw a similar situation, although be it different reasons happened a couple of years ago when Philip Kostic did a brief holdout. Although, you know, we've talked about it and I know I'm sure you guys talked about before us the reasonings and the background from that. This was not that situation. And it was not going to be remedied out to become that situation had Cole Milani not made not been moved at deadline day. Um especially when I look at a chemistry of a squad that's in three competitions that now has a lot of young, hungry players that have joined. Um, Are they going to see Frankfurt as a stepping stone like many players that have come and gone? Or are they going to be giving every single thing that they have for this shirt, not just for this year? Marmish scoring the way he did against Mainz in that equalizer and just celebrating like that. Made me feel something because it was good passion on that. Niels and Cuckoo joining from Sao Dantien. Coming on as a sub. When did he come on against Cole the 78th minute? and
2: Late. Yeah,
1: 70th. And, 75th. you know, new league, 5-10 minutes in. Ice cold veins. Buried it. Great strike, right? Now you have a, a thing that I didn't think was going to happen. Competition on the left-hand side between Nkunku and Philip Max. Um, Brian, you talked about this as the opportunity for be able to focus completely on Bundesliga. Because now I get to look at Conference League as an opportunity for Ngankum to highlight, and an opportunity for Larson to highlight, maybe Anjati Collins. Um, younger guys that may not be getting consistent starts in the Bundesliga, guess what? You have a spot likely on Thursday, you know, against the Aberdeens, against Paule AK, uh, HJK Helsinki. Um, so let's just see how they react. Um, you know, it's like we said, It's I think, Christy it's unfortunate that we have on the squad right now only two goals. Counterpoint, this is maybe the best run that we've had for a manager who's joined Frankfurt in the last five, six years. Because when Adi Hooter joined... Longer, longer. And I'm being generous there. When Adi Hooter joined, we had a rough stretch to begin. When Ollie Glasner joined, we had a rough stretch to begin. We didn't win our first competitive games in a competition until the end of September, beginning of October. Dino Totmuller is still undefeated in all competitions. Which I think is a sign maybe that We may fall behind, but we're not going to go away quietly. That's good.
2: There's also a lot more noise that he's having to try to filter out, too.
1: So now I think, what's going to happen now when everybody starts clicking? Because you know that's going to happen. The question is when.
0: Yeah, that's true. And, uh, hey, you know what? Dino, he's got a tough act to follow in the fact that his dad uh, was the coach of Eintracht. And remember, uh, he was the one who first brought an eagle into the Valde Stadion. As, as he was tra- talking about uh, who's buying? we have the eagle. And the eagle on the crest is something that really speaks to the heart of all Eintracht fans. And we'll get to the European discussion in just a moment, folks. But it is time for Hashtag What Are We Drinking. The great state of Michigan has two guys ready to show what they got. Chris, you are the man who thinks he does his best work on the podcast in this segment. So you kick it off.
2: I'm not even going to segue where I was going to go just because of what I was what I'm drinking, but, um, so it's uh, fall here in the Midwest. It's a kind of a time where we transition what we drink and my beers are turning a little bit darker, uh, but mostly just in flavor, not yet color. Um, I'm on a, a coffee blonde ale. I'm a coffee stout kind of guy. I am an oatmeal stout. I like a, something dark and earthy. Uh, But this is a blonde coffee ale, and it is absolutely fantastic. From odd sides, it is called the Bean Flicker. I don't make the names. I just drink it. Uh, It is an absolutely crisp and refreshing 4.5% coffee blonde ale from odd side brewing right here in the great state of Michigan. Grand Haven, to be exact, on Michigan's west coast.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Garrett, what do you got for
1: us? I can also confirm during my uh, drinking days, Bean Flicker's a very, very good brew. Um, I am currently, because I just we did 4.51 earlier and went straight into this, it's 10.55 p.m. I shouldn't be having caffeine right now, but I am currently looking at a glass of Big K Citrus Drop um, that is mostly full that wow. I st- still need to do some work stuff. on, but... Yeah, um what's that Ricky uh talladega Nights, I'm getting all jacked up coming at people like spider monkeys
0: Ricky Ricky booby <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh he had he had to make him spill his macchiato uh that's the only yeah and I've never had a macchiato
2: made I hope RKM spills his macchiato tomorrow morning. I really do. I hope the milk (laughs) sours on his next cappuccino he gets.
0: (laughs) All right. So uh, I figured I would give this one a go. Firestone Cobra Fest. All right. Let's get it a go. So their oak-aged lager, it's got a pretty – goes on pretty smooth. I tried one of, theirs, uh, one of their brews before, a little ways back. But, yeah, this Oaktoberfest tastes pretty good. Oak Age Lager. Not exactly a Mautzen for during this time of year, but these guys do put out a pretty good one. So Firestone Walkers, uh, Oaktoberfest, have a go at that. So that wraps up second one. We'll be back in Jiffy with segment two where we're talking about Europe. Uh, who we drew in that. <laughs> and of course, we have a look at Eintracht vs. Bochum. So stay with. We're back, second two. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. As I mentioned, uh, the group has been drawn. Eintracht has Pauk, that's of the Greek League. You have a team from Finland, HJK, Helsinki, who will not be playing at the uh, Olympic Stadium in Helsinki, the side of Eintracht versus Real Madrid in the <coughs> UEFA Super Cup. The stadium is Apparently, like right ne- is like right next door to the Olympic Stadium, but they are not utilizing it for this one. Oh well. And uh, Scottish side, Aberdeen. Uh, if anyone has heard of any of these clubs, I will be surprised. Pauk was a recent champion of the Greek League a couple seasons ago, and they've actually been like a- they're a serial top. Four top five finisher within the Greek league, so constantly playing in Europe. Um, you may have heard of their owner running onto the pitch to accost a referee, pulling out his pistol. Um,
2: that's the guy,
0: yep, that's <laughs> the guy.
2: <laughs> I had no idea who you were talking about till you mentioned that. I think. Every fan has seen that video.
0: Yeah, he's a
2: five years ago, right?
0: Yeah, something like that. Uh, that was the season they actually won the league. Uh, go figure. But uh, yeah, another Greek team. Uh, at least it's not one in Athens. Um, not gonna lie, a visit to Helsinki at the beginning of November just sounds cold. But, hey, the Finns are nice, warm people. Just be okay with paying a little bit more for your beer. And the Scottish side, Aberdeen. 20
2: euros for a beer?
0: Damn. Oof. Ow. 20 euros mm-hmm. for a brew?
2: That's... Yep. So, it's absolutely insane. Um, yeah. I mean, I-, I loved Helsinki. It's a fantastic city. I drank a ton of beer, and I also lost a paycheck trying to do it. It was crazy.
1: <laughs> wow. Uh, also solid
2: vodka for those that partake in vodka from Finland. Fantastic seafood, too. Some of the best I've had.
0: And fantastic people, apparently, as well. Uh, so the other team uh, mentioned Aberdeen. Uh, they are a well-known Scottish team within the U.K., um, they have a very, uh, they haven't really been good, like properly good since the eighties. There was this, uh, coach who everyone will recognize, uh, as, you know, wow well, oh my gosh, he was the coach of them. Yes. Um, maybe you've heard of him, sir. Alex Ferguson, you know, coach Manchester United for a very, very long time. But anyways, uh, during his time there, uh, led them to uh, a couple of Scottish League titles and got them to win, win the UEFA Cup Winners' Cup in the 82-83 season. I mean, they've their European pedigree, it exists, but they haven't played in the group stage of Europe <laughs> for well over a decade. So it's... Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, folks. It's been a minute since these guys uh, were up to anything when it comes to the group phase, and it turns out as a check, it was the O seven O eight UEFA Cup, where they then lost in the knockout phase to Bayern Munich. Yes, Bayern Munich didn't always make the Champions League, so that is that, and uh, we'll have uh, something down the line that kind of talk. Talking to the Greeks and to the Scots because I have no clue of how to get in contact with anyone. Uh, there doesn't seem to be anyone covering the Finnish team. So that will be that. Boys, this seems very much like uh, with the way that the schedule is, I tracked Aberdeen first match, then I tracked away to Pauk in the second match. You get six points from those first two matches. Then you have a home and home with Helsinki. I've, <sighs> Jesus, you get six points from the first two, we can wrap up the rest of the group by sending out the reserves. And as we've seen, I track reserves are pretty damn good these days. So, anyways.
2: Every time you get confident like that, it backfires in a remarkable way. So, I don't want to get too far ahead yet. There's a lot to... A lot of business to take go care to of before we can talk if about sending we, in reserves. If
0: we go to Helsinki – excuse me, not Helsinki. If we go to Thessaloniki uh, in match two and get the victory there, <laughs> to me, that says, yep, we're in the knockout phase. And you have home to Pauk at the very end of November and then in December, the final match of the group away Tabardine. and long by then honestly the two Helsinki matches we should be able to waltz right past those guys I know I know we need to be a little bit more humble but we're we're uh, you know what we're one of the clubs in this competition that's wielding the most glamour in this competition, we are a for, uh, former European champion. Very recently, having won the Europa League. We have the but, highest oh, Hold on, hold points.
2: on. Pause right there. Mm. Pause right there. We are recent European champions yeah. who's had like half our roster turnover since then, if not more. So it's not as if we're deep on experience on road matches in Europe either. I mean, there is... Um, A tremendous amount of new talent. It's certainly experienced guys, the Rodas, Hasebes, Traps, and all that. But, you know, the the guys that had the biggest impact for us, um, Boré, Lindstrom, I don't know. I mean, there's a handful of others. You name them. kamada they're gone. Um, So we can't exactly rely on our deep European experience. It's there, but it's spotty, too. I would not at all in a group stage, go in and say that we're in a position to overlook anyone yet or look ahead to match day four or five. I want to get through match day three um, without any defeats before I really get comfortable. All right.
1: I think I'll meet in the middle on this just because I'm of the mindset. I had this actually thought about it driving in the, driving in the work a little bit. I think it was like a week ago. I think we had a moment where we understood what we're kind of doing with based off of the Levski-Sofia ties. We were confident going into the Levski-Sofia, at least the first leg in Bulgaria, and they made us work for everything, including the last 15 minutes of the match in Frankfurt that saw us eventually push through to win that tie to get to where we're at now. I think the Aberdeen, K HJK Helsinki. I think they're gonna go. They're gonna want to go at us. I don't think they're gonna be easy matches. I think they're gonna be. It's kind of like a lot of our group in Europa League in twenty one, uh, fall of twenty one, which of uh, Fenerbahce, Olympiacos, Royal Antwerp. We won three. We drew three. I will be disappointed if we don't win the group. Because I think we have the ta- I think we have the most talent. Even the, even with the turnover, we have the most talent. I feel like ready to go right now. But we have to have that mindset. Not take anything lightly. Avoid the launish diva. And know that in some cases it may even be an ugly win. But a win's a win in this case. Um, I would love to get Derek Ray's thoughts on this as Derek Ray's, (laughs) uh, as Derek Ray, as we, you know, we know Derek Ray's, his hometown, his local, his hometown club is Aberdeen. Um, And I know looking at the Scottish League a little bit, because I got a handful of Celtic that I know, that we know, um, the quality consistently from top to bottom in Scotland may not be as strong as it was when Aberdeen was last in UEFA in 2008. But. They're going to be up for it. Their fans are going to be up for it. Paola Case fans are going to be up for it. We just have to go and do the job like we did against Levski-Sofia to get to where we're at now.
0: All right. Well, I'd looked at the last couple times that German clubs, Kroon and Union before us had been in these leagues, and their groups were, in my opinion, notably harder in the fact that uh, you had in Cohn, uh, you had Partisan Belgrade, as, uh, the same the, uh, the same Czech side that the Frauen played, Slovak, and Nice, and Cohn was only able to muster eight points from that uh, through all the shenanigans that they had going on. But you know that's their that's Cohn shenanigans, and Union Berlin. Uh, and the, granted, this was their first foray into Europe. They had Maccabi Haifa, where their fans behaved horribly. 9 not going down that rabbit hole again. Then they had Slavia Praha and uh, Feyenoord, who just waltzed past everybody with 14 points. So, look, we're in a position where we could very quickly come out to a rip-roaring start, and be able to, you know, do squad rotations? Here's hoping that we can. But any uh, I was talking about the reserves. Hey, guys, you know that the reserve team for Eintracht is playing in the Regional Liga Sudves, right? So, guess how many points they have earned from their last five matches? Without looking at the show notes. twelve. Carrot.
1: <laughs> um, I actually don't have the notes in front of me right now. I'm just on there. <laughs> <laughs> Thirteen points from was right?
0: Thirteen from oh. fifteen.
2: That from sounds out. fantastic.
0: That's,
2: yeah, it, I did the Bob Parker closest without going over.
0: <laughs> yep, you, know, you did. You did. But the fact is, this is their first season in the regional league, and they're running out of this great start. Now, uh, they have Stuttgart kickers at the week end, so uh, the fast start could be scuppered a little bit. But the thing is, you know, you have Stuttgart uh, at the very tippy-tippy top with 15 points uh, from six matches played. I'm looking at this Eintracht side and thinking to myself, you know what? They I, I don't think they're gonna earn promotion, but they could earn promotion in the twenty-four-twenty-five season, or we could possibly see one or two guys that are ready to, you know, make that step up, whether that be, you know, going out on loan to a Reginald Liga side next season or making the cataclysmic leap from Reginald Liga to Bundesliga, with you know being a bench player for the Eintracht, but this is exactly the kind of performances that we wanted to see from our reserve side, you know, and you know, if they made it to the Dritoliga, then I would have everybody back if possible to try and let them themselves figure it out, but I'm really liking how the reserve team has kind of gone about things with this, uh, we're not scared of anybody sort of vibe and the sheer fact that you know, uh, from seven matches played, you, we're just one with uh, 14 points total earned, one point off the top of Stuttgart, and, you know, we're tied on points with Stuttgart kickers. Honestly, this weekend could mean that, you know, maybe promotion's there, maybe not. I'm just liking the ride that the guys put us on so far. Has anyone got anything Brian to say hump. before we move to eintracht Bochum? And wrap up yeah
2: administrative question how many teams promote from this league one is it only one
0: champions yeah
2: yeah I I don't know if we're gonna be there uh to be honest I've only seen one match um but certainly the defense is holding up uh through seven league matches only eight goals allowed that's that's gonna take you a few places so 100%
0: there's agree. a shot
2: if the de- defense continues but I don't want to get too much into the who do we want to pull. Who do we I think it's important the guys that are young on that team have the opportunity to work as a unit. And I don't want to get into the habit of pulling young guys just because they show promise. And then we pull them to a league four tiers higher, and they struggle with the speed. They struggle with the talent. So I'm totally content letting guys grow up down there before we try to make a run at them.
0: Oh. Hey. An interesting note to kind of point out is that in the top four, now Hoffenheim and uh, Freiburg are separated by no points but one match in hand for Hoffenheim. Yeah, I find it interesting that only with Stuttgart kickers, who are in third place, all the other teams of the top four are reserve teams, uh, with uh, a foul Stuttgart, uh, Hoffenheim, and ourselves, all of the Bundesliga with uh, our reserve teams uh, in the running for promotion. Where's the Mainz reserves? Uh, They're pretty far down there, actually, as I checked. (laughs) They're in the bottom Relegation zone? They are right now. Uh, Mainz, Swai are in the relegation zone, along with TSV Schalt Mainz, the other smaller uh, Mainz club. So Kind of interesting that the other only other reserve team is kind of in the position where, hey, the bottom three do go down. And then that's uh, it's a whole convoluted way of then relegating you know the other teams that are in and around all the other relegation spots. This it isn't the platform to be able to get into there. But here's hoping uh, Nacho is able to continue to develop and um, stay as an Eintracht player for much, much longer. So intract Bochum. Guess who is on Bochum's team? New, new newly acquired, I'll point out.
1: Yep, I saw this and I was like, oh. Yeah.
0: Everyone's Oof. favorite Portuguese glue guy
2: Gonzalo oh, Paciencia. Paciencia
0: on loan from Santa Viga. Um, honestly, this is the kind of move that could uh, mean that Bochum is able to. I mean, maybe not make that next step in terms of be- establishing th- themselves as a mid-table team, but it's the kind of additional uh, move that they needed to ensure that this isn't the year that they, uh, you know, that they slip into the relegation spots. I think he's the kind of guy who will, for a team like them able to get the points needed to stay up, but you know, it's really early season. He's very new to to his his, uh, fellow uh, teammates. teammates. Uh, I still like Eintracht's 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 chances versus versus Boltham. We always had trouble trouble with with Boltham, and And because because it's in in Boltham, I'm not predicting an Eintracht win. I'm going with a 1-1 hard-fought Eintracht draw. Uh just kinda like uh uh the last match that we had with them uh when we were one one on the road against Bochum I'll let you uh I'll let you Garrett go first.
1: I have come to absolutely dread this fixture the last couple of years. <laughs> um The first time we played Balcom in recent memory away, October of 21, we had just come off beating Olympiacos 3-1 in Europa League, potentially our best performance of the season. If I recall right, gentlemen, we made no substitutions from that starting 11, and I think we tried to roll with the same 11, and we were on dead legs from the opening kickoff. Um, Let a goal in in the second, Paciencia had a penalty saved, lost that match too now. Um, And... Then the next time we went to Balcomoy October of twenty two, was um, after we drew nil nil with Spurs in the Champions League earlier in that week. Cole Milani was out because Viet yeah, got sent off, double yellow card, if I'm not mistaken, against Unia in the, the match before um tuta and trap got into an argument briefly we missed some chances it was nil nil and then the final 20 something minutes Baucom had three goals to score um when they think they'd only won one of their first eight matches and that turn kind of turned their season around um fast forward to this year Baucom had a horrendous start to the year going to stuttgart losing 5-0 Um, that's the type of match where, you know, you could, it can get really nasty for a team after that and the wheels can completely fall off and, you know, it's, you know, a historically bad season, but they've responded well the last two games, a draw against Borussia Dortmund at home, and then a fought from behind twice against Augsburg to get a 2-2 draw, um, now with Gonzalo Ponciencia, I'll be curious to see if they're going to roll in him right away and he becomes a main, main focal point for Balcom or if he becomes a kind of squad piece. Um, I know Balcom has a couple of key creators. Um, but to kind of tell where we're at, this is going to be a sign. To where are we at with this type of fixture? Is Lana going to come out for the third straight year against this side? Or are we going to go at them? And are we going to start clicking ourselves to at least get a point, maybe get three points? Um, I'm hoping that this is the best one yet out of the three. Um, Chris knows uh, I'm kind of also playing it. It's my mom's birthday on Saturday. Um, So for the absolute love, and especially because I'm still going to probably have the match put on at the birthday lunch. Um, (laughs) Don't fuck this
2: up, boys. (laughs) Don't ruin mom's birthday. (laughs) No pressure. What's your score prediction, Garrett? I'm going to go 2-1 to Frankfurt.
1: Wow.
2: Okay.
0: How bold is Chris?
2: So... I really didn't know where to go with this. So like any smart podcaster or Bundesliga fan, I went to halfpod.com and I went to the statistics zone to find out all the information I needed about this match. All right. Last time I plugged that today. That's a lie. But um, what I found there in this statistics zone was we absolutely love possessing the ball under Dino and Bochum is not taking care of it well. Um, less than forty percent possession, and they're either second or third in the league in the amount of um, times they've been dispossessed. So I think possession being the name of our new game, and the fact that we don't exactly have a target man or an experienced scorer in our lineup at the moment, um, maybe we can use the creativity creativity of Mario Goza, um Maybe we see some Ansgar Knauf just throwing some ideas out there as ways to spur some activity at the front end. Um, this matchup has ruined so many half pod parties. It, I mean, Matt and I sat there literally like we see each other, you know, once or twice a year and we sat there speechless because of the way that match ended last year with the three late goals from Balcom. Um it sucked, and I really don't want to see us get lit up again. I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't think we have the firepower organized yet to really run away with it. Um, but I like what I've seen from the defense so far this year, and I think we get the clean sheet, maybe a late Marmouche goal, or you know, let's go with somebody we're not expecting. I don't know, um, but I'm going to say it's a 1-0 Frankfurt victory.
0: Whoa. Dangerous. All right, you got me. It's going to be tough. It always (laughs) is. (laughs) You got me on the fence with my draw, and you got the other guys. Each Michigander picking out Eintracht to win by one goal. You know what? I'll be happy if I'm the one with egg on my face, needless to say. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. I'd like to thank both Garrett and Chris for joining episode two hundred and eighty two boys seriously racking them up uh yeah chris where can we find you in the social media landscape uh
2: peloton instagram discord at c in the d 313 don't forget halfpod.com and the statistics zone that it holds for you to make all of your Bundesliga predictions this week
0: all right Garrett, where can we find you
2: Alright, the personals,
1: Instagram, Twitter, GM Comats, uh i track Frank for Detroit, Detroit SKA. Um, look for, I'll drop the post for uh, watch party stuff within the next couple days. Um also if you're wondering for a good local level under uh under team, uh, Detroit City FC and also the 451 podcast at 451
0: DET. Oh, all right. Who doesn't love a little bit of American minor, uh, lower division soccer? Just saying. It's supposed to be a good Nothing time. Nothing minor about experience. it. I haven't experienced it yet, but it's on the to do. It's on. Oh, uh, it's on the to do list. All right. You can follow the show on Twitter or X, as you prefer. And uh, that's okay. at Pond. Hey Eintracht Frankfurt uh, at is our Instagram account Uh, Hey, Frankfurt at gmail drop us an email whenever you like and of course facebook.com slash pod and hefpod.com for your English language content covering the Eintracht thanks for everyone for listening to this episode and we'll be back with another episode uh, very shortly talking about all things Eintracht until next time cheers
1: what's that Ricky uh, Talladega nights I'm getting all jacked up coming at people like spider monkeys
2: hey,